She's functioning for a little, for a little conjunction. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is, uh, um, <laughs> oh, man, this is an experiment in podcasting. It's not anything really new. People have been doing this for years. Um, but we have a call-in show going today. And for like a half, what, oh, you want me to cut the music? Adrian, just say it. Well, I can do it. Uh, you're going to cut. Go ahead, cut it. We're trying all kinds of new stuff out here. Wait, um, hold on. Let me just cut the music. Hold on. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, that was Ten Wheel Drive, by the way. And a song that is, it's a really cool song. Anyway, um, we have a podcast going. Um, let me introduce, hello. Hello. Guest number two. Are you there? Hello? Hello, hello. Oh, this is really not good. I just I just um, authorized somebody, but we're not hearing. Hello? Yeah. Is somebody hey, there? Hello? Hey. Who is this? This is Adam Curry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> is this hey, the Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I don't know. I've been working on a new product. Uh, have you heard about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a product that keeps me awake at night. Is it really? That's good. I'm glad to hear that it's keeping you awake at night. I'm not. It is. In fact, I, I can't actually get to sleep because I keep dreaming in outlined code. Really? So are you? Are you? Uh, like so? How? Anyway, it's been like how many years since we've talked? It's been a lot of years. Uh, I'm going to say five or six. Five or six. Feels like a long time. I totally miss you, Adam. It's like uh, I miss you, too. Yeah. And, and I apologize for being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the extent that I was a dick, I apologize for being a dick as well. <laughs> there we go. No. We're, we're well, all a little older and wiser. Are you? How old are you now? I will be 47 in September. Really? And yeah. so there's been a lot happen in your life in the last few years. Oh man! You want to yeah. talk? You want to uh, talk a little bit about that, or? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, so when we last spoke, that was on the verge of uh, starting a new company, Pod Show, which uh, later, for complete marketing reasons, became Nevio. Um, and although the company is great and profitable not what I had hoped it would be as you told me so <laughs> what do you and, mean and uh, I remember you told me so I told you what oh I told you that it wasn't what you uh, what you wanted what it to wanted. be well I didn't really know what you wanted it to be I mean you know it's uh, I mean you know I was uh, sort of around at the beginning of that company myself and uh, I wanted to do something very different from what you guys did right yeah. Well, I, th I think there were an everyone wanted to do something different, and it wound up being something that I, you know, really to me, there's no creative juice, no challenge, uh, and it didn't really change anything, which no. is what I had hoped. Yeah. Um, but anyway, outside of that, uh, so while that kind of happened, I moved to England and lived there for uh, about four, almost five years, which was an interesting experience. And uh, and then I met uh, another woman and uh, and almost uh, completely finalized with the divorce from my wife from 20 years and moved to uh, Los Angeles 
where I've been for the past year, and it's been great. Really? Well, you're originally from the U.S., right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm American. I grew up in Amsterdam. You grew up in Amsterdam, but so being in the United States is almost like coming home for you then. Is it? In many ways, Does it yeah. feel that way, or uh, it feels like a foreign country? No, 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 not, not at all. Um, L.A. is a foreign country, though, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's, that, that may be some prejudice there. I, I really? don't think so. I lived in San Francisco for uh, for six months. I've been going back and forth for five years. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, probably, I could probably live here. And then living there, I really didn't like it. It was, was kind of surprising. Maybe it's the contrast between London and San Francisco. And it's kind of refreshing. You know, you go back and forth, and I was actually there. And right. I was like, oh, no. And yeah. I always wanted to live in L.A. Had never lived, had many opportunities, uh-huh. and um, I, so far, but I don't like. I mean, I live in the Hollywood Hills, so it's kind of my own bubble here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm living in New York now, which Oregon. is where I've always wanted I to know, live. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. that's also very well. That's where you're from. I'm from New York, and uh, it's a hard place to move to because, uh, um, well, just to rent an apartment, you have to have you know you have to give them tax returns, pay stubs. You have to look like a you know an upstanding citizen, which was a little difficult for me, but I actually pulled it off. And uh, well, so, yeah, isn't that, isn't that something American in general? Because I had been really out of the country for um, a good, uh, you know, a good nine years or whatever. No, long, yeah, nine nine years. And I came back, and it's like, and they're like, "Who are you?" Like, what kind of credit do you have? Right, right. Like, I, you don't exist. <laughs> well, I mean, there's 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 a lot of ways of looking at it. I mean, for years, they were making mortgages pretty easy to get. And, uh, you know, it's like California, New York is a, is a bubble of its own. It's, it's, a, it's, it's hard to get in. But once you're in, you're in. And, um, and you know, I've, I'm sort of getting used to it. But let's talk about, okay, the topic of this podcast is, uh, is rebooting the news. And um, so we should sort of try to stick to that as much as possible, you know, that theme. And, and the stuff that we're doing with Radio 2, I think, really qualifies um, as at least part of rebooting the news. Um, and the stuff going back to the last time we really talked was uh, at the dawn of podcasting. And I think, I think it's probably a good idea to pick up that thread again, too. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to put podcasting features into radio, too. Um, well, for a couple of reasons. One is I there really isn't a blogging tool out there that does a decent job of podcasting. And, uh, and I have asked the developers of all of them to do a better job, and they more or less, you know, they smile and say, well, that's very nice, but <laughs> it's not. Uh, I, you know, it, I don't think they understand the point. You know, that ease of use matters, that for uh, a person who might be a poet or an artist, uh, that the five steps that it takes to upload a podcast and link it into a blog post could be, if it could be reduced to one step, that that would make it accessible to a lot more people, you know. And I watch people struggle with these tools all the time, and um, I kind of wonder if they do watch people struggle so you know getting that curve down to the point where it's as easy as possible for people to do it that's what matters you know 
And I think what you're doing there is is really interesting in the community that you're um, that you're working with. Uh, uh, I imagine I gather that some of the people there are pretty technical, but maybe some of them aren't quite so technical. It's um, it's an interesting mix. Um, there's a uh, th- there's actually a quite a core of people who are extremely uh, technical, uh, like um, you know networking. Um, uh, data center uh, guys, but also uh, people who, who are just great, great developers and um, and you know work as government contractors. And it's, it's, it's a very—I don't know everybody in the community. You know, it's hundreds of thousands. Really, and the, and the core that is really around it that I'm in contact with is just a fraction of that. Um, uh, but. The the there's two common threads and one is music um, and kind of developed a system where we're all kind of like sharing music 24 seven on a mm-hmm. uh, on on a live stream and, and that, that's a whole separate kind of project and then there's the uh, the podcast that I do No Agenda with uh, John C Dvorak and and that is very relevant I think to the topic of, of, of this conversation because that's a show, what we call ourselves media assassins, and it's literally a show about the stupid media, predominantly the American media, but all, most media in the world is a fractal of, uh, of, of what we do here in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, what we kind of found as we've been doing the show for about three years now, um, first of all, that we actually like talking to each other once or twice a week and are not interested in talking with each other outside of that, which makes, I think, for a great show. Um, but that the, the the real information is out there. It's out there in the form of some good reporting, uh, some factual reporting, but stuff that doesn't bubble to the top because it's not labeled with Charlie Sheen or the Kardashians. Um, there's a lot of <clears throat> disinformation that is very easy to track, and and surprisingly, um, the documentation is really there in the form of well, just government websites. Um, C-SPAN is phenomenal. I, I watch a lot of that, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm amazed. You, know, you just can't write how funny it is sometimes. Um, but really, just the, the headlines, how misleading they are and how they become news, whereas it's actually just factually incorrect, is something that a lot of people are really turn, uh, turned on by. And mm-hmm. um, when you started uh, rebooting uh, radio, it made so much sense to me because every single day I received hundreds of uh, emails, uh, everything from people who work inside government or companies who say, hey, you know, this is how the story is kind of unfolding uh, uh, here with boots on the ground to leads. I mean, basically, information overload. Um, and for me to be funneling that through two podcasts of two hours a week is not only a shame, um, but it's, it's not manageable with email. Right. And, uh, and I've always, you turned me on to outlines uh, and outliners, you know, the first day we met, and I've always used a, a form of an outliner to manage information. Um, but there's only one tool that I've ever come across that actually understands how to flow that through to the web, 
uh, and both sides of the equation. And that, that's been the, what, what was Radio Userland or Radio 8 where we left off and Radio right. 2 now yeah. with, the, with the river side on, on, the other, on the other side of it. And uh, so I have the perfect community who uh, already are, you know, trying to share this information with each other, uh, don't have uh, appropriate tools, but are also willing to uh, work through it and deal with, uh, with the perpetual beta and burps and stuff breaking. And they, they just, they don't stop. They don't give up, which is beautiful. Well, it's really useful. That's one of the things that makes you such an excellent, I wouldn't call you a tester. We'd have to come up with another name for what it is that you do. Uh, maybe breaker or uh, uh, <laughs> I am a professional breaker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will, uh, it's not a joke. That's you know, ask any developer what they're looking for, and they are looking for people who break their software and they and people who can do it quickly, um, and people who can give you a good bug report when it happens, and that they don't freak out and just you know look at you and say, well, it doesn't work, you know, and then expect you to do something with that. That's not you know. I mean, so you're really good at that, and you've gotten better too. I think. Uh, uh, somewhere along the way, somebody must have kicked your ass and showed you how to like do great bug reports. <laughs> well, actually, but, I'll, I'll tell you when that happened. Um, and 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 also, I, I often think back to you know uh, the, the first time we were working together on things, and and I would basically say, "Hey, it didn't work. Fix it." Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. up, Dave? It's not working. Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, it was actually last year, um, and I was you know thinking about. Uh, leaving, you know, an active role in media, and uh, uh, Mickey, my fiance, and I, we went up to uh, Yosemite, and I was like, yeah, I really want to do something, and what, what can I do with my time that would be fun? And I thought, well, I'm going to build an iPhone app. And I literally went to the to the bookstore and bought iPhone application development for dummies. Mm-hmm. You know, started with the Hello World screen and went through you know the whole process. Um, and it took me several months um, to figure out, you know, how to do it. But I, I wound up building uh, an app that uh, you know, I went through the whole app store process and everything. It's, and of course, it's based on RSS. That's how I feed it, which is the beauty of it because mm-hmm. I understand the concept of that. And uh, so along the way, there, you know, all of a sudden, you start to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is how it works, and this is why it's hard, and this is what. You know, and I had my own people helping me test. I'm like, okay, that was a useless piece of information. <laughs> how, how do I how do I get people to help me make it work? So you got onto uh, so the I, other side of it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah point of view is. is everything. And well, yeah, once you see it from the other guy's point of view, then you understand what's needed, right? And, and also the thing that really is so disappointing to me, uh, the, the app that I built, it, it, it's called the Big App Show, and I basically do... A video review of an app every day is how messed up that whole. I mean, there's no app ecosystem. I mean, by by Apple, I won't yeah. call out people, but by Apple saying this is worth 99 cents diminishes so much the work that goes <laughs> into making an app. Yeah, uh, it, it it it's painful, and I'm uh, it, I'm so sad because I see all the work that goes into some really great apps, and then it's like you know, well, the kind of the the, the market price has been set, and and it's in the in the mindset of people. Uh, I've 
some of the richest people I know will look at their phone and go, really? $199 for this app? I don't know, man. Isn't there a free No, they version? changed the psychology, like, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember how much I paid for everything that I use on the iPhone, and um, I much prefer the free stuff to the for-pay stuff. Uh, I think it's a vestige of sort of how broken the uh, the commercial model was before that. I mean, it really was completely broken before Apple, you know, revived it. The fact that there's any money at all in it is a miracle. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, and so maybe, you know, a little patience, you know. But in the meantime, uh, you know, these big companies are strangling their developer communities. And, and last week we saw that in very black and white terms with what Twitter... I mean, I was... I'm in sort of an insider. Um, you know, I, I was developing probably one of the first people to use the Twitter API. Um, and I built all kinds of things, you know, sort of one-off or, you know, just experiments. Those were experiments that were sort of anticipated a lot of the commercial products that are out there right now. Um, and it was a tremendous amount of fun playing with it, so I have no regrets. But, but you could see the writing on the wall pretty early that they were going to end up, you know, in this place. Um, and that developers that tried to build serious businesses around Twitter were going to be in trouble. Um, and uh, it's happening totally in the Apple uh, development community. It's even happening in RSS. Um, I got an email. Uh, I'll, I'll send a link to this to the EC2 for Poets list so you can see it. Um, from a guy who does a product called Feedly. And um, he was saying that he's constrained in what RSS he can process because he's getting all of his data through a Google API. You know, Google Reader yeah. has an API, so he doesn't actually read feeds. He just calls Google Reader and gives it a URL and says, what do you know about this feed? So mm -hmm. he did that with um, the feed that I have, that my link blog feed from Radio 2, which I consider the prototype. Um, when anybody asks me, you know, how can I make a product that works in this network? Um, there's a long answer and a short answer. And uh, the short answer is I just send them a URL to that feed, and I say, do something with this, and you're in, okay? Either produce one of these or consume one of these or help people who use these. And that's going to be sort of the token that we pass around, and if we need a feature in there, we have another namespace that we can play with now called the microblog namespace. Um, and But if you don't like the microblog namespace, uh, for whatever reason, go ahead and invent your own, right? So there's no, nobody owns RSS enough to be able to say, you know, you can't do what you want to with it. And here's this guy who makes an RSS app. And first, I don't know how he ended up here, but he's asking me to take the data that I'm throwing, that I'm pushing through this feed and somehow hack it into the description field. Because that Google will send across unadulterated, <laughs> but it won't. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, would you please talk to me in code through the description so that Google doesn't cut off our conversation? And I said, look, I care, and so I responded to him. I said, you know, first of all, thanks. So, and I meant it from my heart. It's like thanks for being interested in pursuing this, and let's you know see what we can do. But frankly, if you're accepting the limits that Google's placed on you here, you know, good luck with that because, you know, you've you've jumped into exactly the same boat that all the guys with Twitter are so unhappy with being in now, and you didn't have to do it. I mean, RSS is sitting out there, 
You know, par parsing feeds, okay, it's a little bit of a mess, but it's not that hard. You need a little bit of help, you know, I'll help you. You know, probably there are a bunch of other people who will too. Um, but, you know, the answer was no. I'm not going to try to, you know, cheat on Google because, uh, well, because I've been there and done it. And first of all, it would be kind of ironic for me to try to, you know, trick Google into sending my RSS data to somebody else who says that they have an RSS app. I mean, come on, you know. Right. And uh, it's like I don't like what Apple did with uh, with podcasting. I mean, they, why didn't they, you know, why wasn't there some cooperation there? I mean, they just sort of all of a sudden one day there's iTunes supporting podcasting and they've added all these stuff with their iTunes namespace and you know geez a lot of that stuff just replicates stuff that's already in RSS you know um, so you know well the, the uh, I think the reason was painfully obvious they wanted to dominate the, right. the, uh, yeah. the subscription process yes and that's going to be uh, something that we're going to have to work really hard at now to to put back the pieces on you know because, you know, like yeah. you like to say Twitter, you know, deprecating Twitter, I really kind of like that idea. I want to be careful about, I'm not putting that in a slogan on top of the product just yet, but uh, <laughs> but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we have these slogans on the top. Um, I I should, uh, I have another one I'm putting up there later today. It's, you should never argue with a crazy man, <laughs> which, which I'm thinking about as we start to get more users coming on here. I want them to think of me that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's like because um, whatever. I'm only kidding. I'm not really crazy, man. But um, well, and, and oh, sorry. You, you were saying that um, you know there is no good tool for creating podcasts, and I agree. And I think that you know what what you're doing with radio too is, of course, uh, exactly the right direction for that. Good. Uh, conversely, um, wait. Let me stop you right you, there. Let me before you go on. Before you go on, just let's pause there for a moment, because between the two of us, if we wanted to move podcasting forward, if we could, we could do it. So well, just I, focus I on that. You know, and it's, it doesn't have to be a commercial enterprise. You don't have to raise you know billions of dollars from venture <laughs> capitalists. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a little beyond that. Yeah, I well, uh, you know. Um, I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying in general, you know, when you raise the money from the VCs, what ends up happening is that you have to protect your business model, right? Yep. And and you basically have to chase people away. And that's what Twitter's doing right now, right? But if you don't have that problem, then you really could fix things like podcasting. Right, which is, so I don't have that problem anymore, um, which I find to be a very luxur luxurious place. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and it's not about having money. It's a, It's a mindset. Right. Um, now, you were going to say, I think, go over into the playing side of things, too. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is, this, uh, and I think, and I, I don't want to put blame on anyone, it's just what it is. Right. Let's uh, not blame anybody. But yeah. Also, mainly because, of course, Apple and iTunes and the iPod, um, you know, became the default mindset for this is where a podcast winds up. Right. And that process. Uh, is to this day still broken because you have to connect to something to actually get the synchronization. Right. Now, I, I will say that um, when we were first talking about um, what you wound up uh, making the enclosure element in 2000, 2000? 2001? Uh, 2001, yeah. Very early on. Yeah. Um, my reason for that at the time was because of the lack of bandwidth. 
Right. Um, and I wanted, because there was no, and you saw the same thing. There was no click play experience. Right. We had always on uh, uh, connections, but no real fast connections. So now, for a, a large part of the world, we have high-speed connections. So um, the, the, the store and notify model may not be necessary anymore, but we're still kind of stuck in it with, with what the brand podcasting has become. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of reasons to want to actually have an MP3 of the thing you're going to listen to sitting there on your you know computer and on... I mean, streaming is something that you're going to, CNN is going to have streaming, and uh, even Al Jazeera, who looks really good, they're going to have streaming, and C-SPAN probably will too. But I don't think you and I are going to have streaming. I, know. I mean, not if we're not, not unless we sign up with some corporation. Once we do that, we're in their silo, and we're subject to their constraints. I mean, you well, want to... I don't think there's a there's ever going to be a commercial business model for streaming. That there's barely a commercial business model for television. Well, they have I mean, it with Netflix. Don't they? Isn't Netflix making money off streaming now? Uh, okay. Well, the, 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 we're talking apples and oranges. Okay. Streaming to me is a uh, live, simultaneous viewers or listeners. Right. Uh, that to me is streaming. And Netflix, to me, I wouldn't know if it was... I think the only reason they're streaming it and not storing it is a licensing issue. I don't don't see any other reason for that. Right. Um, When I say streaming, um, I mean literally uh, 5 million people watching the same thing at the same time, which is what television still is, but barely. I mean, this is going away. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems and good. I kind of like that, actually. You know, it's like you can watch. You like, you like what? Watching the news with fifty million people at the same time on the internet. I mean, I I think that's it. It's more acceptable to me than watching the news. I mean, I have cable TV. You know, I have HBO. I have CNN. I have MSN. I have all of that, right? But I would still, I almost right, never, the, almost never watch it. You know. No, but it's not 50,000 people that's, you know, 300,000 people watching at any given time, unless they can scare you enough to watch something. Right, right. So what's but your point? We're getting, so, we're getting off track. Yeah, I, get, I, get I, back I, on I, track I think, then. Yeah. I think the point is, absolutely, there is, you know, when I look at all the love and all the development cycles and the time and the elbow grease and the, and now I know what it is that went into all of these amazing uh, Twitter apps. I'll just call them apps. Right. I think that that, that is, you know, the idea of a computer program now being an app is great. Everyone gets it. Oh, an app. I got it. Um, it's so sad because if we had those same cycles going into um, right. a, a new version of how podcast transmitters and receivers work, <laughs> be a very different place. It's amazing how much work is needed there, you know, and how little resources are being applied to the, those kinds of problems. Uh, you know, there's another one that's sitting out there is like static web storage. You know, I mean, right. S3, I think you're just discovering Amazon S3 now. Is that right? I mean, yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I sort of see your epiphanies here and there and I go, you oh, know, yeah. Right. It, it, you know, but so even at that, 
S3 is still kind of like a dog. I mean, it there's something you could make something so much better because you like you love Dropbox, right? I mean, Dropbox is mm -hmm. great, right? What if you could have Dropbox and S3, you know, oh, all, yeah. all in one, you know, then oh my god, now you've really got it, right? You know, you've got yeah. the ability to move stuff around as a user would move stuff around. So that's the thing that developers a lot of them don't get this is that you know, why is Dropbox so wonderful? It's because it works just like a computer works. And if I already know how the computer works, then now all of a sudden they've given me, with that one skill that I have, they've given me the ability to have a mesh, you know, to move my seam easily, seamlessly, effortlessly, have stuff appear in 50 different places, you know. I mean, that plus S3, which is no, is the opposite of Dropbox, you know. Everything about right. S3 is difficult and, you know, problematic. And Well, even the fact that they don't call it a username and a password, but like <laughs> an, an yes. identifier secret decoder ring. Right, I, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, that's why we needed the tutorial EC2 for poets. It's, it's, it, there's yeah. your proof that something easier is possible. That's your inventory. You know, one of the things I do as a developer is no magic to making things simple is... You know, it's actually an engineering process. Uh, and it was really interesting. Over the last week, I, I feel like I had a huge breakthrough in the user interface of Radio 2. And a huge mm -hmm. amount of work went into that, into the organization of the user interface at the underneath the box, you know. And what was really fascinating to me is that there was almost no acknowledgement uh, of that amongst the users. Um, but... You know, and, and I know why. I, I assume I know why. It's because you guys have already mastered it, right? So, oh, yeah, okay, great. Now you just move that stuff around, right? But <laughs> for a first-time user, that's going to turn out to be a lot easier, and that's really, really important. Um, yeah, I, I, will, I will say that a couple of – I have, like – I'm not fishing for a compliment, by the way. I'm, I'm, no, no, but yeah. I, I just want to pass this on to you because there's a, uh, a disconnect between uh, users on, who are on my – server uh, and you right and yes the, 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 they just see this stuff and they're like and I, I absolutely get messages from them saying oh yeah this is great this makes a lot more sense interesting uh, well I'd love to be able to see some of those comments uh, we need to have a, a way to surface that stuff but I appreciate the insulation I mean obviously um, I don't want to be in every user community that's out there you know um, but the point was that I was trying to make was this is that if you actually write down the steps that it takes to do something okay then you have your to-do list that's your checklist those any one of those steps that you can eliminate is going to allow you to make your product usable by some greater number of people and right. if you keep hacking at it eventually whole concepts disappear things that you know are irrelevant to what the user is trying to accomplish get moved aside and get turned into features that they can explore later, but where you've set some defaults. Like, for example, um, they have a concept in S3 of um, security groups. Is that what they call them? I, I forget what they call them. They're, I think so. Yeah. Well, there's really just firewalls, right? So why couldn't they call it a firewall? Because <laughs> everybody has a firewall in their operating system. But with that said, you don't need to even go there to set up the server. Why should you need to? Just turn off the things that almost nobody needs and turn on the things that almost everybody does 
and let that be the way, and then skip the step altogether. And now you've just taken a whole section out of the EC2 for Poets tutorial. That tutorial represents a checklist for any one of these guys. You know, it could be Rackspace. Uh, it could be any number of companies that have the technical know-how to build the back end. I mean, the thing that's amazing, I don't want to, like, minimize this. S3 is a marvel. I mean, the fact that, I mean, this is a problem that you were having in the early days of, the, of daily source code, was you were trying to find a place where you could put your MP3s that wouldn't mm -hmm. completely, where you wouldn't completely swamp out your ability to serve them, right? right. And, well, that you know, check that one off. You know, th <laughs> yeah. right? They've dealt with that. I mean, I doubt if you could swamp S3. If you can, then they're, they're going to have to do something about it because, you know, they're running one of the biggest websites out there, right? Amazon. And so these guys know how to do the scaling stuff. It costs them money if they don't, right? So they're going to they're gonna fix those kinds of problems. So it's wonderful, but we want all that great scaling and all the technical, you know, depth of something like S3. But it's got to become really easy to do, too. I want it to become really easy, you know? Silence. Maybe we should let somebody else come in here, huh? You there? Uh, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just following your lead. Yeah. Your I, I, we, we ought to do this again. Um, let me see. Who, let's Here's Les Orchard. Les, you there? Oops. Well, I think I got disconnected. You probably you know better? how to do this kind of shit better than I do. I did get disconnected. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, okay. Andrew Shell. Let's try Andrew Shell. Andrew, you there? Hey, Dave. Hey, Andrew. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. So what's going on? So I've been following um, the whole progression of your you know minimal blogging tool and... Uh, RSS River, and I've been really inspired by it. I'm a developer. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> most of what I do is PHP stuff. So, you know, I've been looking at this and saying, like, what you're doing is really cool. But, you know, even with EC2 for poets, and that, you know, I went through that step, and, you know, it's easy for me to do it, and a lot of people can do it. But I think of, like, my girlfriend or family members, they're never going to go through that process. No, of course not. Right. It's not for everybody. Even, yeah, even if it was like one click, I think a lot of people would get confused by the whole process of like remote desktop into a server to like use Windows. Right. Let me just say in defense of the model, there's no assumption that everybody's going to do it because you can, you know, host, I don't know how many, a thousand sites on one server. So you need one geek for every thousand users, theoretically. Right, absolutely. So, yeah. I understand what you're saying there. Yeah. So what I was thinking is, so like, a lot of the stuff that I've done has been with WordPress. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to like brainstorm how can we replicate some of this functionality out of WordPress. I think you could probably do, um, you could probably do, I mean, you should. And let, let us, let's work together on that. I mean, there was never yeah, any kind of assumption that my tools would be the only tools for any, I mean, you know, I if I could have just like sort of waved a magic wand and said, hey, everybody, you guys do this and you guys do that and you guys do that and I don't have to write any code at all, 
I would have preferred that, <laughs> but it, it right. never works that way. I mean, basically, yeah, you know, it's what I understood from what you were saying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, the Tom Sawyer story with the whitewashed fence. You know, I have to make yep. it look like it's a lot of fun, and uh, and then you guys all want to steal my thunder, and I go, okay, well, all right, if you insist, I'll let you have some fun too. Okay. You know, but yeah, sure. I mean, um, let's hack up. I mean, a lot of the things that I've done in radio too could have been done in WordPress, and I would have had had uh, the guys at WordPress been more receptive, or Tumblr been more receptive, or Posterous, um, or, you know, had they been, I wouldn't have done it. I just would have helped them do it, you know, right. um, because that's yeah, I actually went through some of the steps, and I created a, a little bit of a tutorial on my site, and when I came to the conclusion, I was that it's mostly there, but there's definitely some pain points. And so now I've been trying to think about what's going to be the, the best way to go about solving some of those pain points. Okay. What are, what's an example of a pain point? Well, okay, so the first thing is if somebody's running it on their own computer, like their own server or whatever, WordPress.org, and they're using one of the plugins that tweets, that sends a tweet from whatever they posted, um, Pretty much they are all designed in the same pattern of title of your blog post, space, link to your blog post. And if we're replicating a Twitter type thing where it's just a, a status update, and it's actually very easy. WordPress Automatic has a theme out there called P2. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with it, yeah. a microblog theme. Yeah. And what happens with that is when you do a status update, it automatically fills in the title for you, which is the first 40 characters of your body, uh -uh. dot, dot, dot. And so what ends up happening is everything that you tweet on there, like even if it's under 140 characters and it's a link to an external site, is you get the first 40 characters of your tweet. See, that's what a programmer like, would do, but that's wrong. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, right. a, that's a convenient solution for a programmer. But it has right. absolutely nothing to do with what a user wants to do. I mean, the magic of Twitter is you go to Twitter and there's a box and it says what's happening and you type in something and you click submit and you're done, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no piece of software in the world that would be able to process a feed that has the first 40 characters in a title and no matter how you parse it, you know, you could put the whole thing in the description and or you could put the everything but the first it, it's just a mess it doesn't work yeah. what you have to do is bite the bullet and have feeds that don't have titles okay right. now when you do that there are going to be some programs that break that won't be able to handle it like google reader right google reader won't handle it i say that's a feature not a bug because first of all we need to get a message through to google reader that they don't own the rss universe i think they think they do okay and mm -hmm. there are a lot of us out here, and we may not work at Google, but that doesn't mean we're idiots, okay? So I think, first of all, it's, it, let's start having some respectful communication there, and they need to start thinking about if they want to be part of the next network that's built, then whether it's RSS or whatever, they're going to have to start dealing with things that don't have titles because tweets don't have titles, okay? They just don't, right? Um, mm -hmm. And if you can somehow trick WordPress to putting out a feed that, that for items that don't have titles, now, I don't know if you can do that. 
that might be one yeah, of your, I don't know if that's that, possible. That might be but one of your pain least, points, right? <laughs> you yeah. know. I mean, but even if there was, I mean, I think I only found, actually, there were no, I want to say that there were no plugins that I was able to find that would just tweet the body. Like, this is what it is. I was able to find one that was set up in, like, a very um, broken up kind of way where there was, like, a core module and then each of the pieces that might be related to it were separated as its own sort of plugin. Mm. And so I was able to take their plugin that did the tweeting and basically modify it for my own means and say, okay, so if this is P2, this is how P2 says that this is a status update versus a blog post. I think we and need to find another place to discuss this because we're really getting sure. down to the nitty-gritties of WordPress here. Yeah, no problem. And this is not about, like, nitty-gritties of WordPress. This is rebooting the news. Right. And um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, enough, I mean, a little bit of that is interesting so that people, you right. know, who are not techies can hear what, uh, you know, what a really earnest, hard-working uh, geek has to go through to actually get software that works the way they want it to work. And it's not an yeah, easy sure. job. Um, you know, I encourage you. I mean, first, uh, another thing, if you send me an email, I would love to give you an account on radio2.scripting.com so that okay. you can you know, have that as some prior art and look at it. And that will give you an idea of what is possible. Um, and, um, and I'm making it my mission to uh, have enough receivers out there that can consume those feeds that there's a, an attractive target to shoot at so that you don't have to worry about feeds that don't have titles. I mean, a little bit of non-interop is not a bad thing um, when you're talking about defining a new activity. Um, it's actually good to be able to say that you can't use Google Reader with it because that gives us something to announce the day that you can use Google Reader with it and in the process, we make Google Reader a little bit better, which is something that we would, I would like to be able to do, because otherwise right. we're just stuck with what they're willing to to give us. And I don't, I don't find that acceptable with Twitter, and I sure as hell don't find it acceptable with RSS. Right. Um, I don't know if we, Adam, you want to say anything? You there? Yeah. Sorry, I was, oh. uh, I was muted. The, oh, you were. Um, How did you? Oh, you yeah. muted yourself. No, no, I, no I, mute, I muted on my end. You know they have this great thing, Adam. When you uh, when you sign on to Talkshoe, the first thing they mm -hmm. say to you, you know, we were using Blog Talk Radio for a long time. The first thing yeah, they yeah, say, I heard it like you're unmuted. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I think like, that's welcome. a that's a slogan for us too. You're unmuted. You're unmuted. That's actually, that's a good slogan. I, like I that think one. that I want a T-shirt that says that. So, um, and I know I guess you're coming down to the to the end here. I think you're pretty strict on your time. Pretty close, uh, yeah. Restrictions on the show. Um, I guess the um, see how I can formulate this. So there is probably no way. I mean, there's nothing will replace Twitter for what Twitter is, and Twitter became yep. what it is because of <clears throat> besides the fact that people liked it, and we all are addicted one way or the other. It propagated through mainstream media and celebrities. And what I'm very happy to report from my own front lines is that there, we have enough scale and enough people on the Internet that even if whatever this becomes, um, and, and I, I truly believe it's going to be, for me, it, it's already replaced Twitter, what I'm doing, because I'm in a small community now, but right. 
um, there will be maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people. We will connect all these servers. It yep. will be a system that works exactly the way we want it. Right. And it may only be for, you know, a couple million. Uh, it, you know, it, I, I'm not looking for this to be, you know, the next Twitter because it, that is probably not a good thing. Right. Um, uh, same here. I, I, you know, print that up. I'll sign a copy of it. That's exactly the way I look at it, you know. I also don't think, you know, there have been some great things done with Twitter that probably could have been done better with um, with a, a truly independent network. And I think oh, that will be well, more true in the future. Um, as well, totally. And, and, what, and what, what, what you're going to see is what you're already seeing, just like, you know, uh, it's the same old things. You could predict them, you know, they're going to start removing tweets for content. Oh, yeah. You know, it's... It's all the stuff is already. Oh, sorry, we had to remove your name because someone yeah. had a trademark on your name. Oh well, no, we that's that's that already happened. In 1993, yeah. people. I mean, please, yeah. we're still going through that. Yep. You know, we, we we understand how to do that, and and you, I think you're correct. It's through the through the domain name system. Yep. And, you know, there's it took years, and I'm I think I was fortunate enough to start some of that, uh, but we figured out you know how how. How and who should have a domain name? But that's done. We're going to go through that again, really? No. Right? Why should we? It seems like a futile exercise. Why people don't see that right off the bat when they say identity, and realize that there's an incredible identity system that we're swimming in? You know, it's like we're already in it. And uh, yeah. yeah, hey, uh, we are actually out of time, but I really enjoyed talking with you, Adam. It was great. Great to catch up. Likewise, and, Dave. Uh, we should definitely do it again. I would love to. It'd be great. So uh, this is rebooting the news. Oh, what do I want? Oh, you want me to play the music? Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is our production values. Adam, you got to teach me how to do this shit. I don't know. Um, wait. You teach me how to put in a namespace and to build RSS. Yeah, you see, it's a win-win. Users and developers <laughs> party together. Right on, everybody. So, see you next week. Thank you.